Welcome to the Inspired by Jacqueline podcast, a refreshing place for women struggling with entrepreneurship, faith, or infertility. Stay tuned for today's episode. Hey everyone, this is Jacqueline again, and I am the host of the podcast, Inspired by Jacqueline. And today I have a special guest. We've, you know, been around each other for quite a while and you'll hear in the chat the different parts of our journey, but I really want to have a different conversation with this special guest today. And I think that you're going to, not I think, you know what? I know that it's going to touch you at different levels of whatever part of the conversation, at whatever part of the journey that we're discussing. And I'm really excited to introduce that I'm going to be chatting today with Kat Feliciano. (laughs) And now I'm going to have Kat share a little bit about herself in a few minutes so that you can get a quick glance into her world. And then we're going to elaborate later. So Kat, how are you? And thank you for being here. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. I love talking to you. So getting to talk to you and let other people hear our chats is phenomenal to me. I love it. So Kat, tell me a little bit about what you do right now and what you've done in like a really quick blurb. In a really quick blurb. Uh, right now, I am the manager of special events for the James Beard Foundation. My quick blurb about myself, I am a Brooklyn-born Latina. Um, and thank you. Thank you very much. Brooklyn and Bronx um, in the house. Hey, <laughs> and both Boricua. Hey. Um, I've been in events for two decades or a little little over, but you know, we will not age me people. We will not age me. And I am really enjoying the career path that I've had. I've met so many people, including yourself. So this has really been a great life. Awesome. Quick thing. How do you like to start your mornings? Ay, mi amor, pero con un cafecito right here. A little coffee, some music, get myself ready for the day. Whatever it holds, there's nothing that coffee can't fix. And what kind of coffee? Bueno, I have been lately drinking the Café du Monde from uh, New Orleans Café du Monde. It's got Ah. chicory in it. It's so good. Not to say that I give up on my Spanish coffee, which I usually have Del Cono, but today and the last few days, it's been, I've been on a New Orleans kick. I don't know. That is is awesome. I definitely need to try that. And because I know you have the taste of the Spanish coffee, I'm sure that it's going to be great. So I'm looking forward to that. And, you know, I have to start my mornings with my Bustelo, especially if I'm home. If I'm not home, I start off with either a Dunkin' coffee, which is kind of like watery down, but (laughs) watery down version of Bustelo. But I usually get that or a Starbucks Misto. I was going to this one location and I would stop. It was like a Starbucks inside like a hospital. I was like, oh, let me get this. And it seemed like the person was Puerto Rican. And whenever I asked for a cup of coffee, he would always give me the misto. Like if he knew I was Puerto Rican (laughs) and, and, and I was like, I have to ask him the next time that I go. So I asked him the next time I went and I said, can I ask you a question? Like what type of coffee is this that you're putting together? He's like, Oh, whenever you go to any other 
Starbucks. That's not me because I'm going to give it to you. It's called Misto. I was like, oh my gosh, this is the best. Thank you so much. And it's basically steaming the, the milk. And I did not know. I was like, I, I didn't I, know what was in it, but when you, you put me onto it and ever since then, because I've also cut down on sugar. So I'm not having like the Starbucks frilly stuff that I used to have. I go and I ask for Cafe Misto and I recently, a friend of mine visited from Florida and she said, I don't usually get Starbucks because I don't really like it. And I was like, no, no, girl, let me put you on <laughs> something my friend told me. Okay, we're going to ask for a Cafe Misto for you. She was like, oh, you're right. It does taste like Bustelo. I was like, oh my gosh. So now I'm just putting everybody else onto your little secret. I love it. Oh my gosh. It, it was like the funniest thing. And now I go and I'm like, oh. And sometimes I'm hesitant because I'm like, do they know what that is? Like, I thought it was a top secret type thing. And I was like, oh, I'm putting everybody up on this. It's like, oh, if you like Spanish coffee and you go to Starbucks, do this. Right. So I'm yes. glad that you, you're passing on the tradition. Yes, we cannot <laughs> gatekeep this. We need oh, something no, we like no. there. So tell me, Kat, what, I know you're working now for James Beard foundation but tell me what industry did you originally start off oh what well i oh my gosh when did i start i think my first taste was actually in publishing where i had to like put together conferences but where i really was able to work in an events department was for universal orlando resort in florida mm -hmm. That's where it was like all coming together. My my love of food and catering, my love of organization and logistics with the event planning. That's where like the dream really started to come true. Oh my gosh, I'm really in this. So it was a lot of fun all those years of being able to work in, because that's kind of like entertainment. Uh, it was really amazing getting to work there, having all the experience with different aspects of entertainment and being able to put forth my skills and love for the events industry there. Awesome. And how did you venture into entrepreneurship? Ah, that I moved back to New York in 2012 and I thought to myself, well, I really want to try to make a name for myself at home. So I wanted to try to venture into entrepreneurship. And when I first started doing kind of like freelance before actually establishing mm -hmm. the DBA and all that, uh, I was just doing freelance work. And then I came across the course that you were teaching <laughs> and that helped me even more to realize that this is what I wanted to do. I wanted to be my own boss. I wanted to be that boss lady and mm. I wanted to make this a real thing. And so by 2013 is when it really happened for me. And what part of that entrepreneurship do you feel was, has been memorable? Are you still an entrepreneur? Do you still have your business? Because I know that now you're in James Beard and that's more of the food piece and events still. So tell me a little bit about it. I know it seems like a roller coaster from one end to the okay. other, but Hey, it's like every experience is amazing. As long as you get to the point that it's, Oh my gosh, this is my passion. So t walk me through a little bit about that journey. To answer your question, I do not have my business anymore. I closed mm -hmm. it in 2020, not exactly because of the pandemic, but it kind of felt like the right time to just close it down. I was having 
a lot of health issues. I can share that I have lupus and connective mm-hmm. tissue disease and it had it had done a lot of damage. And therefore I realized at that time, since the rest of the world was slowing down, it was time for me to also slow down. But the fun part of being an entrepreneur was that I had my hands in every bit of the event. So mm-hmm. I was able to talk with my clients about what kind of food they wanted to serve, what kind of theme with the menu or with the decor, like everything just tied together because this was my business, I could do as much as I wanted or as little as I wanted for the client or bring in colleagues that were professionals in different areas and work with them as well. I really enjoyed that part of that. And then getting myself back into working for someone else now, like we've said at James Beard, I still do get to do a lot of that more so uh, here with being able to meet different chefs and Mm -hmm. speak or I don't exactly speak to them, but like when we have communication about their menus and getting to understand their styles and the kind of ingredients they use and the reasons that they do, like it's really fulfilling a lot of my passion there as well. Mm -hmm. And being able to put that into an event, it's just full circle for me. That is awesome. I love that. And because I, I personally know from Kat that she is a foodie and reference to knowing different types of foods for what type of events and music. Oh, that's another thing we're going to talk about. And it's like she has this Rolodex in her head of each era and each part of um, within that era, each part of, you know, history in that era from one thing to another and genres. Oh my goodness. I don't know how you carry all that in your head and then mix it in with the love of food, it radiates out of you as far as the excitement that comes out. So thank you for sharing that. I know you mentioned that you shut down or closed your business because of the health concerns that you were having. Talk to me about how you were able to work with those health concerns, the struggles that you were going through while you had an event or while you were planning an event? Okay. I didn't do as much as I should have as far as prioritizing my health. When, when I found out that I was ill, I thought, okay, well, whatever. I'll just keep pushing through, keep doing the work that I do. And you know how they say, if you don't stop for your body, your body will stop you. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, that's what happened to me. Um, lupus attacked my central nervous system. And I began to have difficulty speaking, difficulty walking. It was not easy to try to push through that. I did for one wedding and I was in excruciating pain, but I did my best not to let the couple know, not to let any of the people I was working with know. But I knew then that I needed to prioritize my health. Mm -hmm. I needed to make sure that this doesn't happen again. And while anyone who knows about lupus and those that don't, it's not curable. It's something you're going to live with your whole life. But when you take healthier steps, whether it's changing your diet, exercising more, if you choose to go with medications, or if you choose to do what I've done, which is a holistic method of healing, all of these things, you need to actually implement them into your life so that you can run your business, Mm -hmm. have your life, because the illness is always going to attack. But the more prepared you are health-wise to be able to fight back, the easier that bounce back is going to be. So Mm -hmm. you're going to be able to do the things that you enjoy more often. So for me, while this was happening, when I had my business, I almost was in denial. I was like, no, this is just going to pass. I'm going to be fine. And like I said, I kept trying to push through until that one wedding where by the end of it, 
I was done. I was hysterically crying in so much pain and so much agony. And I said, I can't do this anymore. I actually have to stop because mm. my body's not going to let me go any further. Wow. When, when were you diagnosed? I was diagnosed in 2009, mm. which is a really long time ago, but I didn't really do anything about it until the attack, mm. till it shut me down, which was 2018. So it took me over a year to recover from that. And I slowly started to get back into events. I started working for another nonprofit. And, you know, it just, it sparked up that passion again, that this is what I want to do. I want to be able to do events. I want to make people happy. I want to celebrate with people. Mm-hmm. But I knew at that point, that's when everything started to click. Like, no, you got to take it slow. So I still was doing freelance and doing my business and this and that. And then in 2020, like I said, when the world shut down, mm-hmm. I did. I was like, nope. And thank you for sharing that because it's so crazy. I've had different conversations with people and events are supposed to be celebratory events, right? Mm-hmm. When I hear about events or celebrations, I'm thinking happiness, people yeah. bringing people joy, bringing people together that are going to have a great time, enjoy food, enjoy music, whether it's a social event or corporate event, all of that is a part of an event to then have to think about health concerns or anything that will make you stop from performing that event, you know, executing that event, right. Or, you know, some bad news that you receive a loss of someone and you can't control those things. That's the thing that these are things that come into your life and you can't control them, but it is up to us to try to, to work around it. How do we, you know, assess the situation, see what ways we can work around it. Now, by the time we get to that point of trying to figure it out to make it work for us, we're trying to get out of those trenches of, okay, this is what I want to do. This is where I need to get back to. What do I need to do? Okay. I can't control that situation, but I can control my mindset. I can control how to try my best to get out of this box that I'm in so that I can continue this world of happiness. Yep. <laughs> because this is what we are in. We're in, in an industry that it's a world of happiness, a world that we're you know, producing something for people mm-hmm. and for people to be happy. <laughs> Absolutely. So it, it's very, it's such a roller coaster of emotions that, you know, I'm truly honored that you were able to share this piece of, you know, your, your health, right? Because correct me if I'm wrong, lupus is something you live with once it gets diagnosed. Yes, it is. It's lifelong. There's no cure. You can go into remission, but that's, you know, very seldom for people to be able to say, but you have to maintain your health in order for you to be able to live. I've lost two family members because Mm -hmm. of complications due to lupus. I'm hoping that the journey that I've decided to take for my health to get better will be the one that will make sure that nobody says what I just said about me. Mm. And what are three things that help you keep your positive mindset to keep it going and to keep resilient? Three things. Oh my gosh. I mean, I, I've always had strong faith. I look to a higher power to help me through a lot of things. Um, And while I will say transparently, I do struggle with that, but I'm human. Mm -hmm. So it's not always, you know, oh, everything's great because the higher power has it. It's a lot of times why, 
why. But mm-hmm. you push through that, you know, you you get past it. I would also say that meditation helps me a lot. And my form of meditation is either listening to music, baking to take my mind off of things and relax myself. If I'm thinking too much, if I'm overthinking too much, I say, okay, what can I bake? Find a recipe really quick. Let's get to it because you need a certain level of patience to bake. It's not throw ingredients in there and make something wonderful. You have to stop. And that's that's another thing you need in order to be able to get through. You need to stop. Yeah, and that's why I can't bake. I, I, I know how to bake, but I can't bake a cake because I'm always moving around and I can't stay still. So I will put, the last time I tried to make a cake, I put the cake, I was like, ooh, this is good. I'm doing good. I actually did one really good for the first time. And then I was like, oh, I'm good. I perfected it. Let me try this again. And then I put it in the oven and I stepped away, came back. I had to throw it out because it was the hot mess. Oh, it no. It's just, I don't know what happened to it. I killed it. <laughs> I didn't burn it, but I killed it somehow. <laughs> oh my goodness. Hey, we all go through. I so, hated baking. So I baking is not a meditation for me, but music is. Music is and cooking. Love, love, love cooking. Absolutely. Um, so I'm going to go from that. And you mentioned something in reference to music, your love for music. I call you a music diva because like I said before, we have a Rolodex cat. You know, when I call you and you're like, I was like, oh, how, what's this music? You're like, if I don't know, I'm going to find out. Right? And you're like back to me with like an answer. Okay. You're a music diva and you have every genre I feel in your head, but what is your favorite genre and why? I have two favorites. So I I don't know if that's okay, but I can't pick one or the other. So my two favorites are R&B and salsa. And I have to say that the reason for that, mostly with R&B is because, excuse me, my mom and dad always played music when I was growing up. And it was whether we were cleaning or there was a party going on or... (laughs) Everybody was just like in a somber mood. There was music always playing. So that's where that love of music in general came. But R&B always, I was like, this just touches my soul. Mm. At 11 years old, I'm singing heartbreak songs as though I even have a clue what in the world a heartbreak feels like. I'm here like, I love blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what, why? Why was I singing that? And then as far as salsa, I I mean, that's that's the song, the music of yeah. our people. So our people, I yeah. love to dance, have fun, get that sweat out and just have a good time. And mm-hmm. it reminds me of really good times with family. But I mean, also, those have some really good lyrics to them, too. And oh, yeah. lyrics to them. So I'm all about the <laughs> the what I used to say, uh, Cortavena playlist. Because it's like, oh my goodness, the love, the heartbreak, the feelings. (laughs) So I know we're jumping around. I have to go back to the coffee question. Oh, okay. If you can have, and this is a fun fact question. If you can have coffee with any historical figure, who would it be? See, so here I have to say that I can't think of a historical figure, but I can think of someone who has passed on that I admire so much and that would be anthony bourdain now i don't know if he would actually drink coffee with me we might have like a whiskey or something together but let's just pretend that it's like a a favorite whiskey whiskey 
but I would be so interested to speak with him, pick his mind mm-hmm. on different topics because he just had a way of speaking and getting people to understand things mm-hmm. that you might not otherwise understand, especially about the culinary industry, the restaurant industry, just in travel. I mean, if you've seen any of his shows, read any of his books, you'll know that he was very well versed in different areas. Just in my book, a genius. And I would have loved to just sit down and listen to him speak, even if I had nothing to say in return, just hear it come from him and not an edited version of him. I just would have loved that. But he is a historical figure in the food industry. Okay. You know what? I yeah. will take that. Yes. He, he will... is. You know, it doesn't have to be in the, in the 1300s. He is 1900s. And I'm hearing way too much of that when people are calling us older because we were born in 1900s. I'm like, listen, stop yourself right there. But (laughs) I love, thank you. Yes. Not in the 1300s. You're right. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I think for me, my person again, would not be historical, but they're historical to me anyway. They weren't famous or anything like that. It would be my grandmother from Orocovis, from a campo, because whenever I, would go there, you know, it was about the fresh chicken soup, the oh. fresh, cause they're in the campo, mm-hmm. the fresh viandas. And I would have loved to have a cafecito with, with my grandmother. I know that I had, um, before she passed away, I know that I had a nice conversation with my grandfather before he passed. And I was really filled with so much joy with that conversation. He took it back back. He told me how he sold things in those little carts with the foods and the, oh my gosh, it it was just really, really great to hear that. And I would have wanted to have that conversation with my grandmother over a cafecito and, you know, tell her about this exciting world that this industry that I'm working with and things like that. So, you know, when you're running a business, sometimes life just goes so quickly. And like you said, you're running, 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 and you don't stop. And sometimes your body will like, you know, hey, I'm knocking right now. You need to stop because I'm going to trip you right now. (laughs) Exactly. Oh my gosh. Yes. That is exactly how it is. So taking, you know, a coffee break or anything, you know, walk in the park, whatever it is, it's so essential. Going back to the health piece, what do you feel other than, you know, you having to close your business, has it stopped you from anything else in your life? Uh, Yeah, it stopped me from socializing for a while. It stopped me from dreaming. You know, and I don't mean like literally going to sleep and dreaming. I mean, like (laughs) seeing of seeing things in the future that I used to be able to dream up for myself. And that would lead to having a goal in place that I wanted to reach. But for a long while, I was like, no, this is it. I just have to get better. And that's it. So the focus was only to get better. I couldn't see past that. But thankfully, once I started to feel like myself again, once I got to the place where I was like, okay. I, I can speak clearly again. I can walk better again. I'm not in pain every day. It's only, you know, here and there. Okay, this is manageable. Let's start thinking about what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Maybe not permanently, but, you know, what's the next step? What's the next right. little adventure I want to have, whether it's personal adventure or it's a professional adventure? I finally could see that. Wow. Tell me about when you were an entrepreneur and had your business what type of struggles other than your health, what type of struggles as a business 
owner did you find out there in whether it's connection wise or building relationships or just growing a business facts that you needed to understand what kind of struggles would you share as far as what you went through? I would say that a lot of times it was a struggle to let go of control and realize that I had to put trust in other people to execute Ooh. what we had at hand. And I know I, that's hard sometimes. Yeah, it is. <laughs> you know, especially if you're working with someone for the first time, it doesn't matter what their credentials are like, what their reviews are like. You're like, okay, but this is the first time you're working with me and I have this vision for what I want to get done. So that that took a while to be able to put trust in other people and know that there are people who do have the same mindset of i want to do this correctly i want to see the end result be something that everyone enjoys but then you come across those that kind of put you back in that place because they don't really care or mm. they they have less concern with what the final product is and more concerned about how they want things done right so those were struggles that I had. Um, it was also kind of difficult to find, for me anyway, to find the help that I needed like for the events to be executed because I was really just me. I didn't have a team. Mm -hmm. Reaching out to people and just seeing if they would be available and getting that team together and making sure everybody understands things and gets along. The one thing also that, listen, you and I have intertwined lives on many levels. So I just have to say once again, yes, I reached out to you. You put me in contact with your students, former students, and even some of my classmates. Mm -hmm. helped me. But the one thing that I loved about that community that was built is that we did all have the same mindset. But once mm -hmm. they started their own businesses, it was, of course, harder to have their availability. Right. So for me, it was like, oh gosh, where am I going to find staff to help me for this event? So that was, you know, another challenge. We got through it, but it was still another little obstacle that like, how, how does one go about finding a good team to be able to work with you on all these events that you want to make sure once somebody says your name, they're like, yes, I went to that event. It was amazing. Not, oh yeah, I went to that event. Their team stunk. Like I could mm -hmm. not. Begin. So that's not so easy. Wow. What is something that you can tell, at least one thing you would tell someone who's running their business and just found out that they have a health concern and, but they still want to run their business because they, this is their passion. Uh, I would say that they've probably heard this a million times, but health is wealth. So take care of that first and everything else will fall into place. Sometimes people think that discussing health is the physical part of our body, but what about the mental part? Oh, that is probably the most difficult to handle um, because your mind could take over everything. So if you don't, if you're not able to see good things ahead of you, it's going to hold you back from everything. And it's not easy to do. So I strongly encourage anyone and everyone to get a therapist, mm -hmm. your friends, your sister, your brother, your mother, your dad, whatever can talk to you. Sure. But they're not professional. They can't really get to the root of what's going on. They can't give you the, the kind of advice that would actually help you to heal and little practices that they can help you to learn to be able to stay focused on things and not fall into a place of negativity or anxiety. 
So I'm not saying don't lean on your friends and your family for things. Absolutely. You know, that that's what they're there for. Mm -hmm. But I strongly encourage everyone to get a therapist. That's your next mm -hmm. best friend. They're going to help you through. Do you think that mental wellness is being talked about more now than before? And do you think people are listening? I think it is being talked about more now. I'm still not sure that it's enough. Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of it is kind of topical. It's like something happens. Okay, we're going to talk about it. But then it kind of dies away. And I think it needs to be at the forefront of everything because your mental health, that's your brain is what keeps you alive. You know, yeah. that's not functioning. And I don't mean just like it's not, I don't mean physically not functioning. Obviously, we're talking about mentally. If you can't think straight, if you don't feel right, if something feels off, your whole life is affected by that. Mm -hmm. So I think that there needs to be more out there that's accessible for people. So I'm saying get therapy, but a lot of people can't get therapy. They may not have the medical coverage. They may not have the funding mm -hmm. for it. So I think that even though it is being talked about more than it was before, it's still not enough. And I, I do think that people are listening, but I don't think that they're seeing solutions to things. I think what they're hearing for the most part is this is a problem. We have a problem, blah, blah, blah. But they're not hearing, this is what we're going to do about it. This is what is in place to help this situation. Yeah. And that's kind of like what drew me to, you know, when I started talking about my situation, my journey, I wanted to find the right platform. And I totally believe the world is connected. I found this platform through speaking on another platform and this person was in that same platform as well speaking. And I was like, let me find out more about them. It's like, that's really interesting. And this person, Sharissa, she's the founder of Event Therapy Magazine and Event Therapy Network. And it was really like, it stood out because it's like, what? Event therapy in, in the industry? What is this? It's like, I have to find out more about this. And it's a really amazing platform because she's opening to me up the eyes of people in the industry, us in that, you know what, we're in this industry to create happy moments, but Hey, knock, knock, we're humans and we right. go through things. Right. And so we need to take care of ourselves and our mental wellness and our physical. And when I came across her platform, I was like, that's where I'm going to send my story because I'm part of the event industry. And I want to share with my peers, my colleagues that, Hey, we're human. And every single person in this industry that is here to play the music and have people on the dance floor, take photos of those happy moments, uh, create a delicious cake to make people feel, Oh my gosh, I have to have more create that amazing food. That's going to make people just happy and hopefully happy. Right. Hopefully. <laughs> and, and, you know, oh my gosh, that food was amazing. This is, we're making people happy. And we tend to be so tired by the end of the day that we forget about our mental wellness and our physical to take care of ourselves and take a step back and breathe. Absolutely. I want to say also that yeah. because of you sharing your story, was why I felt I could be comfortable sharing mine with you and with now, now, because it's taken me a long time, anyone else. And I don't, I'm not just talking about the lupus. I will mention that I've had struggles with infertility myself. There was a time where I thought that that's, wow, I don't want to get emotional. Um, it's okay. 
So there was a time where I thought that in order for me to be a woman, I had to conceive. Mm. And it's not even that, excuse me, I'm so sorry. Mm -hmm. It's not even necessarily that I wanted to have kids. I thought the idea of it was great. Um, I helped raise my sister. So since the age of seven, I knew what it was like to change diapers, to feed a baby, to go through all the things that we, listen, her teenage years were not easy. So that should right there have stopped me from even thinking. About <laughs> um, and I saw a lot of teen pregnancies and the struggles mm -hmm. they went through. I just thought, okay, this is what we're supposed to do. And mm -hmm. then when I was engaged, I was like, oh gosh, this is real now. Like I have to do something about it. And so um, my doctor had put me on some hormonal treatments. Hmm. that really did a number on me it it put me in a deep depression and it was a side effect of the medication hmm. and I felt like this is not what I want to put myself through in order to give someone a child you know I don't I don't feel like and this is not knocking anybody who has kids but for hmm. me it didn't feel worth it you know I I was like this is not something I want to go through in order to bear a child. Um, but I had found out early on that I had polycystic ovarian syndrome. Mm. And I, I think I was about 19 when I was told that. And they told me it would be a struggle. But again, I wasn't thinking about having kids at 19, so I didn't care. Mm -hmm. But now later in life, like I said, I'm engaged and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this is something I'm supposed to do. How do I do this? And going through what I went through, it just didn't feel like it was the right thing for me mm. so it became a thing where i was like if it ever happens it happens but i'm not going to force myself to go through all these side effects mm. just to be a mother because there's so much of society that says i have to be or there's so much of our culture in the hispanic culture that says we're supposed to be moms and wives and we're supposed to take care of the household and all that. Mm -hmm. I know that's a whole other topic, but you know where I'm going with that. No, I, I definitely know. Yeah. When I decided that for me, the the big thing was a career and success in in any level of success for me. I don't think too many people understood it. I'm not even sure that my family understood it, but mm -hmm. I'm satisfied with the choices that I've made. I'm satisfied with where my life is going. Sometimes, yeah, I'm like, oh, a baby would have been nice if they would have come out like a, a little singing diva that, you know, like a little mini me singing all these songs and loving to be in the kitchen. Yeah, that would have been cute. But at the same time, my gosh, that responsibility. I'm like, oh, that's a lot. <laughs> it's hard enough taking care of my damn self. <laughs> I'll let other people be mommies. I'll be everybody's godmama, everybody's auntie. It's working for me so far, but you know, it, it's a mental struggle with that too. So again, mm -hmm. when you shared your story to me it was like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. Mm -hmm. And you know, I look up to you, I adore you. And I'm like, oh my, she, she sees me because she's gone through something like this. So holy cow, I need to, I need to share it too. As hard mm -hmm. as it is, I don't, I don't, I don't even know how many people that are gonna listen to this even have a clue about this part of my life because I never felt like sharing it. I, yeah. didn't feel, I didn't feel strong enough to share it. So you've empowered mm -hmm. me, even though I had that little emotional breakdown, oh. you've empowered me 
So I am so grateful for you being open and sharing your story with so many people, especially like you said, in our industry where mm-hmm. we're going to have to put on that, that happy face, that mm-hmm. mask. We have to be the best actors and actresses out there. You can't let your client, your colleagues see what you're going through because we're celebrating. Remember mm-hmm. we're doing this for everyone to enjoy. We can't show what we're actually going through. So mm. that because we have to put the client first, we don't yeah. allow ourselves to really show what's going on and it will just, Ooh, my goodness. And that's why you have to be so passionate about the role that you have, because if you're not, all of that is going to consume you, especially if you're hit with a health illness where you're just struggling. And I am so honored and happy that you shared that and that you were empowered by my story and that I shared about my infertility journey. I am so honored that you were brave enough right now to share that because 30 years, I'm like, I I think about it. I'm like, God, 30 years, that was all within me. And it wasn't that I was struggling throughout the entire 30 years. Mm -hmm. I was just, my struggle was more so in the beginning part of those 30 years. Out of those 30 years, the first, I would say eight to 10 years, the struggle, the depression, that I was starting out my business and clients coming to me, oh, I want to have a baby shower. Can you plan it? What? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Happy smile. And And I was genuinely, and don't get me wrong, I was genuinely happy because this was something that I love to do for others, Mm -hmm. but it was killing me at the same time. And I'm like, God. And then, you know, going back to what you mentioned earlier, holding on to your faith. And I had to hold on but I saw darkness, cat, it was so much darkness and it's not easy. Everyone who is diagnosed with infertility, first of all, I thought the same as you, that I'm Latina, I'm a Latin girl in my Latin family, babies are popping out of everywhere. And if I touch a boy's hand, I was going to get pregnant. Right. It should be that simple. That's what we thought. It should be that simple. That's how, that's what I saw. I was like, I don't know what anybody else has seen, but I know that's what I saw. (laughs) And so I was like, what do you mean? To then going the different steps and the journeys. And I had to, it was either me or wanting to have a baby. Uh And I decided at a certain time that it was gonna i'm choosing me because and if it happens it happens but i'm true i have to choose my mental wellness because it was consuming me i was like consumed in darkness and depression and i'm like i can't live like this and so i had to give it to god and and ask for him to help me go through this and i had to make a decision like you said every decision is individual So there are many ways to conceive Mm -hmm. other than natural, Mm -hmm. but you have to make a choice as to what your journey ahead is going to be. And my journey was to say enough. I can't go through all these shots. I can't go through. It was just like a cycle of, oh, shots, shots, shots. And not the good kind (laughs) now and not the good time. And then, oh yeah, not the shots. Right. I wish I, I would have thought about having those shots as well. Right? <laughs> um, and then coming to that, that pivotal moment of, 
okay, now we're waiting. We're doing the countdown. We're doing the countdown. And then my period will come. And then the downer. And I was like, that's it. So you have to, if you can't control a situation, you have to learn how to control, like I said earlier, find a way to control your mindset because oh. that you can control. Right. Right. And so I said, that's it. I'm moving ahead. And this is going to be me going forward, positive mind and trusting God that he's going to take me forward, be more resilient, be more faith oriented and strong in my faith. And I kept that focus that I kept on concentrating on my business. And it, you could say it was like kind of pushing my business forward and the rest behind me. And fast forward 30 years later, in the last, I would say 20 years, I've been happy. I am a happy person. I am blessed. I am grateful for the life that and journey that I've gone through. But I wanted to share my story for, let's say, women like you, giving empowering moments that you're still a woman. Mm -hmm. Having a child does not define us, right. even though we grew up thinking that. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to share my story, not to tell someone, oh, you have a choice to be childless. No, you have many choices. Mm -hmm. The first choice that I want you to take is to love yourself first. Know that you're a woman. Know that you're okay and that you don't have to have a child to be more of a woman. Exactly. And have a mindset that is full of joy, peace, that you are a full woman. And so thank you for sharing that because that was the goal. So if I inspired one person, that is awesome. If I inspire more, I'm even more happy. And so I thank you for sharing that. So I'm going to change it about, around a little. If you have one superpower, what would it be? Oh my goodness. That's easy. Flying. <laughs> Because I could fly anywhere I want, save on travel fees, see the whole world. <laughs> Who wouldn't want that? Oh my goodness. What would you choose? Oh my gosh. I I'm trying to think. I shared my mind before. It might change. I don't know. By uh -huh. each day is different. So if I change my answer, forgive me. <laughs> it would be not flying, but not being fearful of of climbing, of not hiking, but height. Okay. Because when I went on a trip with Daryl, we took a cruise and we did different pyramids in different locations. Ooh. I was terrified, mortified. I was like, I can't go up there. No. It's like, these are steep. Where are you? We're going <laughs> to fall backwards. Oh my God. And he said, hold my hand. I got you. He's like, you got to see what's up here. And by the time I got up there, even though I was sweating and my nerves were a hot mess, it was the most beautiful thing that I was seeing. And I, I think I would love to see more of that, you know, more of that beauty of the earth of just, I love nature to a certain extent. Okay. <laughs> I don't like bugs. I don't like all these. No, no, none of that. Love, Get rid of all those things. <laughs> I love watching nature. I love the blossoming of nature. I love trees. I have a passion for trees. So I love the way they move, how they grow everything and the cycle of trees. So if I were to have the superpower of just climbing these steep mountains or whatnot, to see all that nature of uh, trees and just the evolution of nature, that would be really beautiful. So that, that's something I would, similar that's to flying, but. So 
much deeper than my answer. Like, no, no, no. Flying, I get it. Because, hey, the cost of flying like, is ridiculous. I just want to save money. You're you like, want to go like this. You want to snap your finger. Be like, okay, today I want to go to. I do want to join you with that one, okay? I want to have some croissants. Let's go. Shoot. Let's go to New Orleans for, for oh, the yes. actual official. Yes. Let's snap our fingers at the same time. Wow, we're there. There we go. So that that's empowering as well. Okay. So what do you think would be the biggest takeaway from today's chat that you want listeners to take away today? Oh man, that question isn't easy because we talked about a lot. But you know what? If if I don't if I don't refer to exactly what we talked about, what I will say is that I think it's so important to foster relationships because this right here could happen. You have the opportunity to enjoy a conversation with someone who you built a really solid relationship with. It started off strictly professional, me learning from you, working from you, and now actually being a friend. And I think that it's so important to have that and to be able to, like I said, chat and have other people take something from the conversation that we've had because it's just flowing but yeah. you don't have anything specific that you're trying to put out there. Mm-hmm. So I think that definitely people need to make sure that you keep these relationships, be of service to people and just enjoy relationships like this. Cause I certainly do. Awesome. And so do I, I mean, you know me, I'm all about building relationships and I see, I definitely agree. I see the value of those relationships and especially in our industry as an entrepreneur doing, even if you're a solopreneur, building relationships is really important, especially when you're struggling. So that covers a lot of boundary relationships. Absolutely. Is there something that you didn't share that you would like to share or you think we covered everything? I think I I bared it all today. (laughs) And I totally am happy about everything we discussed today. It's just really, really interesting how, you know, we start chatting and this is always our conversation. We start chatting about one thing and we're like going through everything else. But I, I think that one thing I would like to ask you is when those days that you, I know that you're, you're a very, you're a woman with strong faith, but those days that you don't feel that strong, what do you do to kind of get yourself back to that moment? Oh, let's see, because sometimes I go through a few days of those um, moments. (laughs) I want to say that I kind of like accept the fact that I'm not always going to be able to stay in that mode of I'm human. Again, we've referred to that a lot, but it's something that people need to remember. We're not perfect. We are imperfect. And so when I have those moments in order for me to get back to it, I just have to let myself go through it. I kind of just have to let it fade away until I start to feel like myself again, put myself back in center, get my mind right. But I don't force it by no means, because I think if you start to force anything, it's not going to genuinely come back to you. It's not going to be there for real. It's just going to be you forcing yourself. So yeah, it's just taking the time to go through whatever the feelings, the thoughts are and get myself back into place. We're soul sisters. I'm convinced. <laughs> I love this. I am convinced. That's it. We're soul sisters. Woo-hoo! Even though we knew that already, but <laughs> now we're vocalizing it though. 
That is actually, it's very deep because I, now that I, as you were explaining it, I was like, wait, I do that. Yeah. And, and it's, and I think that's why I always say, take a deep breath and take a step back Right. because that actually helps me it, like you said, going through it. And then because your mind is so consumed with being in that moment right. that you have to let whatever you know, go through, it doesn't mean you're letting it control your entire being, no. but you're, you need to let that process sink in so that you can evaluate and find out how to come back stronger. And so well said, thank you for that. What you shared really brought back that there's imperfection everywhere. Mm -hmm. We're imperfect and it's up to us to find those ways to get back to where we should. Everyone goes through struggles and challenges every single time. We'll need to overcome it and also expect for the road to be crazy again. It's a journey that is ahead of us. So thank you for sharing that because that was really, really important, very key to everything. So I know you have this amazing Instagram page on food. So how can listeners connect with you and learn more about your passion of food and just connect with you in general? You can follow me on Instagram at so.dope and that's S-O dot D-O-U-G-H-P-E. I need to ask you, because I don't think I've asked you this, how did you come up with that name? Because so dope, okay? Because I say it all the time, first of all, and I was like, how can I make this sound... <laughs> foodie and lo and behold google i'm like some i've got to find a pun a food pun so i was like oh my gosh i say so dope all the time and i found dope as in dough and then right dope. I, I love it oh my god this works i love it and i, I took it i was like yes that's me so dope i so love it oh my god i see also uh, i'm not trying to give you more work but i see a page of blog posts or a page that you oh. all about all about food and the fun facts well from your mouth to god's ears thank you mm. let's see if that ever happens yeah all righty well thank you so much and i'm sure we're going to be chatting again soon um i'm sure we're going to see each other again pretty soon so thank you so much one for being here and thank you so much for sharing your journey in entrepreneurship and also sharing your journey on infertility and with faith so oh my gosh we touched all three topics today Incredible. and wow i'm very very appreciative that you we're able to feel comfortable to share and be transparent. And the hopes are again to hopefully the goal is so that someone who is listening in can say, wait, I'm not the only one going through this. Right. Oh my gosh. What, what Jackie shared. Oh my God. What Kat shared. Oh my gosh. And so that's the goal. And I hope that someone not just gets inspired, but someone is motivated by any part of the conversation that we had today. So thank you so much, Kat. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being you. Thank you for making me comfortable. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining today's episode with our very special guest, Kat Feliciano. Thank you, Kat, again for sharing your story, your journey on this platform. Stay tuned for the next episode of the Inspired by Jacqueline podcast. Take care. Bye.